Listening to Live in Love Viva Voce. My name is Mag. And my name is Adam. And today we are very, very drunk. And you know what, listeners? Not only are we drunk, but we are fit, healthy people. So, what we decided to do this evening, let me just preamble a little bit, is that we decided to drink many glasses of alcohol and then play about 30 minutes of badminton in the rain all the while listening to the euro um italy uh swiss game uh like we were orphans in the interwar period (laughs) so that's what we've been doing and now we are consistently drunk Uh, i'm very happy right now Uh, and then adam is going to present today isn't that right dear that is absolutely correct i am going to present today Okay, so before you get to it, and I believe the topic of this week is limoncello, correct? Yes, this week you gave me the word limoncello. Excellent. So, of course, listeners, you can imagine what at least one of us is drinking today. Let let us talk about what we're drinking this week, and then I'll let you get to it. How does that sound? Okay, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Let me go first, because, you know, obviously. Okay, so I am drinking this delightful, organic, vegan, Chilean red wine. It's a Pinot Noir. It is very tasty. I am on my third glass. I'm having a good time. What are you drinking? Well... Obviously, because I'm talking about limoncello, I'm drinking limoncello. As Um, we can expect. As we can expect, yeah. Um, I'm going to preface this a little bit. Obviously, because I have a tendency, and I think you have a tendency too, to sort of curveball this. Yes, of course. I can fairly safely talk about what limoncello is without without spoiling too much of what my talk is. Um, So for those of you that don't know what limoncello is, it's a a form of liqueur. Uh, it's made from lemons. Uh, specifically, it's made from Sorrento lemons Ooh. from the Amalfi Coast in Ooh. Italy. Um, or originally, that's that's sort of like what it's what it was supposed to be based on. I think a lot of um, what we would call now limoncellos are not necessarily made with, um, strictly speaking, Amalfi Coast uh, Sorrento lemons. And when you say limoncellos, you mean limoncelli, right? Uh, the plural form of the word. Sure, limoncelli. Um, I was tempted to talk about lemon-coloured cellos, uh, like a thought, maniac. <laughs> I thought that was too. I thought that was too low-hanging fruit. I actually had a really fun time sourcing this limoncello because, um, so in my hometown, obviously we've got our, our sort of standard superstore. So I'm sure everyone everyone's got a grocery store in their hometown. Everyone can think of like their like their local supermarket, can't they? For those of us in 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 England, in the free world, in the real world, <laughs> yeah. Um, so England, so supermarkets, grocery store, whatever, right? Um, but I think with the grocery store, with a with a supermarket, you you sort of go to the alcohol aisle, and obviously you don't in Canada, but in England you do. Uh, you go to the alcohol aisle, and you know you get your bulk standards, you get your vodkas, you get your whiskeys, you get your gins. gins, yeah, exactly. You get your wines, you get a lot of wine in in grocery stores and in supermarkets. Obviously, you get your beers all that. But I thought, you know, with something as specialist as limoncello, although I probably would have found it maybe in a slightly larger supermarket, I wanted to go somewhere a little bit special. So I went down to um, a local. Um, Alcohol store in my hometown, a local uh, off license, as we would call it. I don't know. Can you, you call- explain what what an off license is? Because listener, I think I've said this before, but at least where I'm from in Canada, Ontario, 
um, Canada is very, very strict about where uh, alcohol can be sold, and especially where hard alcohol, like limoncello, right? With sure. with a, yeah. I think an alcohol percentage of about 27, 30, something like that, yeah. um, where it can be sold. So like there are some grocery stores in Canada, in, in Ontario, that can sell, you know, beer and wine and stuff yeah. like that. But only the LCBO, um, as far as I know, can sell things like limoncello, vodka, gin, and stuff like that. So what do you mean by off-license? So... Off license is sort of the sort of catchall term for a store whose primary pro- primary product is alcohol, right? Now, off license has kind of in recent years sort of gained a more generic term. And even for example, if you're going to like a service station to a petrol station, they might have an off license in them. Right. So that means that they can sell alcohol. So they can sell alcohol. That's yeah. kind of weird though, because presumably you'd be driving there. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's very much a kind because you got to bear in mind with service stations, they're one of the few uh, businesses in the UK that can stay open twenty four seven on Sundays as well, right? So this is a thing. There's something again that's very different culturally speaking, as is in the UK. If on a Sunday shops are only allowed to open for six hours. Right. So there are a few exceptions to that. There's certain grocery stores that are under a certain size. So if they're under a certain sort of square foot, they're allowed to open for as many hours as they like. And petrol stations, you know, fuel stations, they're allowed to open for as long as they like uh, because obviously they're considered an essential service. Right. So what you find now is a lot of like fuel stations now have mini grocery stores in them with um, off licenses in them because it basically allows them to provide like a 24-7 like grocery service, right? And obviously there's a demand for that in the modern age where like you don't necessarily want to like do all of your shopping before 4pm on a Sunday, right? Yeah. Um, Particularly if you work on a Sunday, right? Anyway, so an off-license is this catch-all term pretty much for anyone whose primary job is to distribute alcohol. But you might see, for example, the word off-license in... um, in supermarkets, you might see it in petrol stations and stuff like that. So I went to actually a local, an actual off license, a proper, proper, proper company. It's called the General Wine Company. It's in my hometown. Uh, it's this beautiful little boutique store. They've actually got a couple of them all over the sort of all over the, sort of where I live. So there's one slightly further north of here. There's one slightly further south of here. Um, they're very specialist in what they do. You know, they're very well known for doing like wine tastings. They're very well known for doing like sommelier training stuff like that you know they're very they're very well known for doing imports and stuff like that you know if you want something acquired they're the company to go to i'm really excited to go there one day because i've never actually been and like you know we have shops uh in in ontario like the lcbo Mm. uh like the beer store the wine store is a very like kind of orwellian approach to naming um but they're nothing special at all it's literally where you can go to procure alcohol right as opposed to here what you're telling me is it sounds quite bougie it sounds quite special doesn't it It, it, bougie is maybe a generous word i would say it's more um you know if you want to acquire specialist alcohol you want to acquire lots of alcohol you want to acquire alcohol for an event stuff like that you know this is the kind of company you go to and don't you remember there are there are like larger brands so for example majestic wines is a very well-known brand in the uk which is all over the place uh Odd Bins is another one that's a very common off-license. Off but this is like a really small town, like, boutique one. Um, and, yeah, so I went in there. I got my limoncello. I had a very lovely chat with the person behind the counter who sort of taught me through limoncello, taught me through how it should be served, you know, stuff like this. No, it was it was great, right? Like, he clearly knew what he was talking about. Had a little bit of a hard time finding it because this shop is just literally full of alcohol. Um, but, no, it was it was really good because, you know, like... 
it's nice to have an interaction with someone who's not doing it because they have to. They're doing it because they love alcohol, right? For better or for worse. Uh, so yeah, so that was that was my experience in acquiring the limoncello. I must admit, we've now tried it, haven't we? It's not to my taste. I don't know. It's an aperitif, right? So it is. I think it it's an acquired it flavor. It's right? an acquired flavor. I quite. I'm. I'm gonna be honest. I'm quite partial to it. Although I've explained to you. Yeah. Why I'm partial. I don't to know it. to what extent. I want to share that. On I don't the think air. we'll share that. I think. Yeah. I think. I think we'll save that for. We'll pre-game. save that for another pre. Yeah, for another day. Okay. Anyway, so I'm happy to kick off. You want to kick off? Go. Okay. I'm excited. Um. So, I'm gonna sort of begin with a bit of prefacing. Okay. Right? Um. And I'm going to sort of a bit of prefacing about us. Okay. It's about every three months or so, we have a trivia night, don't we? Do. we? Sometimes it's more frequent, sometimes it's less frequent. Sometimes we don't contact our friends at all. Yeah, so we have this trivia night where all of our friends, about what, maybe seven of us, eight of us, right? Yeah. We'll get together, we get on a, we'll get on a Zoom call now. Um, I think this started from the big fat quiz of the year that we did on yeah. New Year's two years ago. Um, but we get together, we have... Um, a load of drinks, we each design a round of trivia, um, and then we play trivia, right? Mm-hmm. And you famously designed a round. Do you know what right round I'm going to talk about? I do. Do you want to guess? Oh, God. This is going to be awkward. Called? Yeah, it's going to be awkward because it's not a name that I've come up with. <gasps> no. I know. So I've plagiarised off you, and now you've No, plagi- you've plagiarised off of a, sink, of a very big entity. So let me... Well, do you want to introduce it? You introduce it because this is your... Uh, topic, although we might have to change up the essay titles so that <laughs> they don't come after us. Oh God! Wow, this is I love this because this this when I when I was event. writing this, when I was writing this, I oh, said to you, no. I'm plagiarizing this. I know. I didn't realize who I was plagiarizing yeah, it off of. Okay. So I'm going to introduce my title. Um, so in this in this game, we well no, my title is celebrity wine. Wine not. Okay. Danny DeVito's Limoncello, Steven Soderbergh's Singani. Oh, God. And Travis Scott's Celta. Okay. Alcohols of the lesser known celebrity variety. Okay. So, r- listeners, let me just acknowledge the people who have come up with this game proper so that we risk less of a chance of being sued. So, the McElroy brothers, particularly Justin McElroy, was the one that came up with the game, quote, Celebrity Wine why not? It seems that you called it celebrity wine. Why not? So maybe we have some leeway there. But the McElroy brothers from the um, hit podcast series, My Brother, My Brother and Me, um, they're the ones that came up with it and they're the ones that regularly um, play it. So let's let's kind of do our proper attribution there so we don't get we don't get sued or we don't get bullied as badly. There's not really a game here, though. Okay. So it's not we're not going to okay. be playing a game. Excellent. And actually, I've got some rules. Okay, so I've changed it up a little bit. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Um, and actually, well, these aren't really rules for you so much as rules for me. So I've elected not to do anything on any beers, lagers, or ales. Of course, the topic was limoncello. Yeah, limoncello, of course, right. Um, I've elected not to do anything on any form of wine, which kind of undermines the title. I know, so we're going to get sued for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm not going to do it on common spirits. Okay. So I'm not going to be talking about vodkas. Yeah. I'm not going to be talking about gins. Okay. I'm not going to be talking about whiskeys, and I'm not going to be talking about rums. Okay, good. Right? Um, 
So the focus of this talk is 100% on celebrity alcohol brands, but not conventional ones. So whilst I was doing research for this topic, all I'm going to say is, no, every celebrity seems to own a vineyard, right? Yes, of course. Every celebrity owns yeah. a vineyard. That's right? not fun. It's not fun. It's not interesting, right? A lot of celebrities seem to be doing vodkas and gins, right? And I'm not going to lie, like... I really like a specialty vodka. You know what I'm like. I love yeah. I love me a good vodka. Yeah, of course. But I don't think that's particularly special either because ultimately it's not about the vodka itself, about it's about how well it mixes, right? For sure. You know, whiskies and rums as well, they're all right. Technically speaking, I'm not gonna be talking about tequila. Okay. Uh, because that's off limits as well. I think I think tequila is one of those ones that was sort of unconventional for a while, but has now become really popular. No, it's become really mainstream now. It's become so really I, mainstream. I think you yeah. made the right call. I'm going to be focused on other stuff, right? Okay. I'm going to start with limoncello. Of course, as you should. And did you know that Danny DeVito has a limoncello? Okay, brand? well I do know because you've given that to me. In the I've title. given that away in the title, yes. haven't I? All right. Yes. So Danny DeVito has a limoncello brand. Okay. How, how about that for that, news, the right? stout lime? The, <laughs> Woof. Um, which, I mean, you know, for an Italian-American, you know, for a, for a very recognised Italian-American, right, you know, limoncello is probably not entirely off-brand. If anything, it might be a bit too on-brand, right? Um, but that's by the by, right? Um, so I, I think this is really interesting. I do think this is really interesting because Danny DeVito's limoncello came about in about 2007, Will you give the name of the limoncello? No, it's called Danny DeVito's limoncello. So it's not like a proper... No, 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 I only say this because, like, you have someone like Kyle MacLachlan, right, who is of Twin Peaks, of a lot of um, David Lynch, uh, you know, movies and creations and stuff like that. He had a vineyard, or has a vineyard, and he made wine called Exit Pursued by a Bear. Like, a lot of the celebrity wines, right... They have fun names, but you're telling me that Danny DeVito's limoncello is just called Dan Danny DeVito's limoncello. It's literally Danny DeVito's limoncello. All right, understood. No, but this is this is interesting, right? This is interesting, right? So I want I want you to really think about what 2007 was like. Do you remember 2007 very well? Fergie. Fergie's a good answer. So this was pre iPhone. Okay. Okay. So okay. we're talking about pre mobile internet era, right? Yeah. You know, like. The idea was there, but the technology wasn't right. And the people that were on the internet were kind of on the internet, right? They weren't doing a lot of stuff. You know, this was when Amazon orders took six weeks to arrive. And you were like, you know what? I've ordered it on Amazon because it's literally the only place I can get this thing. Um, not, I'm uh, ready for the snail mail. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and Danny DeVito had been having dinner with George Clooney. Horrifying start. Uh, as all of us do. <laughs> I know. You know, I, 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 love, I love my dinners with George Clooney. And he'd been having limoncello. Okay. As, uh, as like an after-dinner aperitif. 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 <laughs> and tell me, Meg, when, when you think of aperitif, what do you think? How many, how many aperitifs should you have? Okay, well, I think of things like, you know, Aperol, or I think of limoncello, I think of grappa. Yeah. I think of maybe like a single shot that you nurse. It's not a shot because I don't think that's you the right word it, for it. Right. It's a small cup, like, like a port cup or like a sherry oh. kind of thing where you sip it, you eat some, you so, know, so after a while, you smoke a cigarette, something like that. So you're right? sat there for maybe an hour, two hours, you're talking you're about nursing. your latest One or hits. two, one or two. You know, like you're that, going yeah. like, look, I've got this script through from, from my friend Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> no, yeah. I've got this script through. Um, James Cameron. James Cameron, you know, I, I, I'm, what I'm thinking about it. 
How many limoncellos do you think Danny DeVito should get through? Bear in mind, this is this is quite a short man. As yeah, well. I, because you had the word con like should, like conditional. I'm going to say one or two. I'm only guessing that is not the correct answer. Do you want to guess how many? Okay, I'm going to say like nine. You're not far of seven. Okay. So Danny DeVito knocks back That's se too many. seven of these limoncello oh, aper aperitifs, right? Um, he gets he's, he's up yeah. really late, you know. So he gets home at about you know, six in the morning, five in the morning, right? He's like, I want to do a radio interview at 7 a.m. Oh, no. So he stays up. And then he's on The View, which is, as I understand, like a daytime talk show kind of thing, yeah. right? And apparently he's fallen asleep and he's blindingly drunk on The View, right? And it becomes this, like, meme before memes, right? Because, you know, this is why I wanted to set up that iPhone history, you know, this idea that, you know, the internet was still in its genesis stage, right? Memes were not a mainstream thing, right? And I think this makes Danny DeVito's Limoncello really interesting because he set it up in the wake of this, like, really drunken episode of him, like, just absolutely shwasted on Limoncello, right? And it's this, like, almost meme business, right? And we know we're familiar with meme businesses, right? You think about, like, Dogecoin, something like yeah. that, right? They're all, like, just memes, right? But... This is like a me this is like a proto meme yeah, business. Yeah, proto meme. <laughs> this is like this is like a meme business before memes were a thing, right? Can I ask, was this when Danny DeVito was was doing It's Always Sunny? I don't think so. I think this would have just predated Always just Sunny. Pre I think so cuz they're probably on their 14th or 15th season something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. but you got to bear in mind the Americans love to whack out a good season every yeah. 9 months or so. Well, all I can say is It's Always Sunny isn't that the perfect name for Limoncello? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I think this is probably definitely before his is 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 always sunny. I've actually got something more for you. Okay, go for it. Um, on on Danny DeVito's limoncello. Oh God. Um, now actually, it's really interesting because I've already talked about limoncello. I've already talked about where it's sourced from, how it's made. Right, in the US, most limoncello is not actually made with Sorrentino, uh, Sorrento lemons. Right, it's made with Californian lemons. Of right? course, yeah. You gotta you gotta source what you can get. Use what you can get. Right. Yeah. Not Danny DeVito's. No, oh God. Danny DeVito's limoncellos do actually come from the Amalfi Coast in Italy. They are made in Italy and they are imported. So this is not a bad limoncello brand, right? You know, he hasn't half-arsed it. He's really sort of taken the time to, you know, because sometimes like celebrities just slap their names on things, yeah. right? Oh, we watched the Simpsons Krusty Cramp, uh, Cramp Krusty episode. Yeah. Uh, today, so we know about celebrities slapping their name. Yeah, on that being so. said, though, with the with the stature of Danny DeVito, he can't really afford to half-ass anything. Otherwise, he'd be a quarter. Of. <laughs> oh my lord, we we should oh, not no. we should not be ripping in today. That's where we're Danny more. Danny DeVito, we guess. love you. No, 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 Danny DeVito, we love you. Please, please, please. Absolute legend. One of my favorite things, though, is Danny DeVito's limoncello had a song that he sung. On, I think, well, I don't know if it's on the advert. I could actually find a clip of the advert, but he sang a song about his limoncello. And I'm going to read that song to you now. I'm not going to sing it because I don't actually, I haven't really got the beat down. Yeah, we don't to... want to butcher it. Yeah. So it is right. Danny DeVito's limoncello. It's a taste delight from this famous fellow. It's so very nice, perfectly served cold on ice. The finest summer drink from Italy. Can I just say, very nice. I'm surprised he didn't try to rhyme. Um... Yellow. Uh, there's more to this. Oh, there's more to it, but we'll... But we'll, I, we'll... <laughs> I've only got that cutting. Thankfully, cut it off at that verse. Um, anyway, so so that sort of concludes my sort of brief sort of encounter with Danny DeVito's limoncello. Okay. 
Now, obviously, I was going down this road of, well, you know, limoncello is a kind of odd thing for a celebrity to do, right? Because we've already talked about, you know, celebrities doing vodkas, celebrities doing wine, celebrities doing even beers, stuff like that, right? Obvious stuff, right? I wanted to find celebrities doing weird, like, drinks, weird alcohols. Some stuff that I've never even heard of. I'm really excited. Especially Travis Scott. That was some, that was a guy that you mentioned in yeah. your title. Okay. Well, I think this is the most interesting one. Steven Soderbergh, who I've got to I've got to say right off the bat right now, I love Steven Soderbergh because I love the idea that there's Steven Spielberg and Steven Soderbergh, and I love because because it feels like Steven Soderbergh is like the knockoff like Tesco's own brand, like you know when a grocery store has like their own brand of like cocoa pops or something, right? And they call them like cocoa cocoa beans or like cocoa sugar puffs or chocolate whatever. nuts, chocolate nuts, yeah. <laughs> And it's like, it's kind of Cocoa Pops, but it's not Cocoa Pops, right? And it's like, this is kind of Steven Spielberg, but it's not Steven Spielberg. And obviously, do you know what Steven Spielberg is most famous for? I'm not going to lie, I've never heard of that name. But but if you kind of explain what he's known for, I might Well, he's a director. It. Okay. And he's known most famously for Aaron Brockovich. Okay, yeah. Which sure. Um... I'm not actually going to talk much about Aaron Brockovich, but I wanted to just get that out there because obviously he's not... He is an accomplished director in his own right. I think it's unfortunate that his name is Steven Soderbergh because it's so close to, like, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Another Jewish director. <laughs> um, but Steven Soderbergh makes a drink called a Singani. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Singani? I, Have you heard of some, this? I've heard of it, but I know very little about it. So you can give the exposition. Okay, so... Um, Singani is this really weird drink that's not really a brandy, but kind of a brandy. More sort of, more sort of distilled like an eau de vie, if you're familiar with eau de vie, which is a kind of like, it's a different kind of brandy, right? Yeah. Um, it's very, it's it's kind of like Scotch whiskey, familiar okay. Scotch whiskey, yeah, yeah, where yeah. where it's sort of got to come from. So so Singani comes from Bolivia. Okay. Uh, it comes from a um, specific grape grown really high in the Bolivian high valleys. Okay. In order for it to be considered a singani, it has the grape has to be grown above sixteen hundred meters. Okay. So about right. just about five thousand feet, right? Um, and most of it's these, altitude wine. It, it, no, and that's actually what it's what specifically designates it as singani. Is it? It's a specialist alcohol altitude classification. And the reason is, is that the, the tree that this comes from, the grape tree that this comes from, essentially the, the grape grows a thicker skin than it would at a lower altitude, and that affects the distilling process. Very nice, sure. Um, which we'll come on to in a second. I want to talk about this. So most Singani is distilled exactly at or just above 1,600 metres. Because obviously the higher up you go into the into like mountain ranges and stuff, it becomes harder to maintain vineyards, it becomes harder to maintain, you know, distillery factories, stuff like this, right? So there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff that goes into being able to do it, right? Now, Singani emerged in the sixteen hundreds as a result, unfortunately, of um monk missionaries yeah right who needed some kind of um sacramental wine sure so they were like well we can grow grapes up here it's gonna be hard it. but we can do it we can distill it and they didn't really make a wine right they made a brandy but it 
We'll come on to that in a second because there, there's a, there's a point of contention itself. Yeah, go ahead. Can I just say, is this like a fortified wine? Like when you say when you say brandy, is it like um because I'm a really big fan. When I was in Florence, I had this delightful kind of uh, rosé tinted that like that kind of color fortified wine with like a biscotti and with the fortified wine right like typical wine is around anywhere between like 10 or 15 percent or something like that fortified wine is anywhere between like 25 to 30 so it's like a little bit higher right is it something like that or is it like a proper like brandy singani comes in at about 25 to 30 okay i think on the abv but bolivia uh, and this is actually a point of contention would argue that it's not a brandy or even an eau de vie, right? Yeah, it's a special it's, kind, yeah. It's a very specific kind. It's not, it's not, you know, it's this specialist drink that isn't like a brandy, right? Um, anyway, so let's talk about Steven Soderbergh's sort of Singani. So Steven Soderbergh is filming a movie, obviously, as most directors do. Um, and he's on location in Bolivia. What movie is he filming? Like, who's, he, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll tip you off. I'm okay, tip yeah, you yeah, off. please do. He's making a biopic, okay. Okay, and I'm going to give you more hints. Okay, please do. So he's making a biopic. Do you have any ideas who, who he might be making a biopic? Some Bolivian guy, I don't know. Not necessarily Bolivian, no. no. He's a famous um, political and military figure from South America. Che Guevara. Che Guevara. Okay. So he's making a movie about probably one of the most recognisable Marxists besides Karl Marx, right? Yeah. You know, like, if you said... List a bunch of Marxists, you'd go, Karl Marx. Maybe then Che Guevara, yeah, right? I'd say so, yeah. Um, you know, you could argue that there's other like you know, you could argue like maybe Stalin, something like, like that. Mao, yeah. Mao, right. But even you know, we when we think of them, we think of slightly less we think that they've got a sort of their own brand of communism, right? Whereas I think Che Guevara sort of stayed quite true to his brand of communism, right? Communists come after us for that. Yeah, for I'm, that I'm, line. I'm, I'm, I'm venturing yeah, into some we're dangers. To take criticism. I'm, I'm, I'm venturing yeah. some dangers. So anyway, so Steven Soderbergh's in Bolivia. He's in the high valleys. He's filming this movie on Che Guevara, who I might add is Argentinian, not Bolivian. Um, presumably, they were shooting there mostly for the convenience of filming rather than any kind of geographical accuracy. Um, and he falls in love with Singani. Which one of his casting directors has brought in for him? Very nice. And over the months of filming there, he decides to start his own Singani brand called Singani 63. Now, I really appreciate this because whilst filming a movie about probably one of the biggest communists of all times, another capitalist corporate enterprise was formed. Can I ask why it's called Singali 63? Is it his birth year? I don't actually know where the 63 comes from. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's probably some bougie like no, there has to be, BS right? yeah, about yeah. it. Like, oh, it was the 63rd batch that we distilled where we got the process right or something, right? Um, I'm not sure how true that will hold up under any kind of scrutiny, but there you go. Uh, I don't think it's his birth year off the top of my head, uh, but I'm not entirely sure. I do want to talk about one thing, though, because I, I, so I learned a lot about... Well, I'll talk about Singani first. So Singani, for US export purposes, so when they actually tax it and stuff, they just go as a brandy and okay. tax it like that because that's what the US is like, right? Yeah. I think I should imagine that the US has, like, vodka, gin, whiskey, rum, brandy, tequila, other, other liquor. <laughs> yeah. Right, and that's their form, right? Because the US is not known for its ability to actually think outside the box. 
And there's this big like movement going on to try and like get Singani recognised as his own thing, right? Uh, much to uh, much to avail, yeah. yeah. But I was on their website, and I really do love this. I want to read you this quote. So, sixty-three, which is referring to Singani sixty-three. 63 is now available in the best bars and restaurants from Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine. Wretched. Absolutely wretched. I think that's the greatest Oh, Bolivians. Because it's like they just went... Hide your Portland and Portland. The most recognisable cities in the (laughs) US. From sea to sea, from Portland to Portland. Um, I thought that was quite a funny line. Okay. Travis Scott! Travis Travis Scott! Scott. Okay. (laughs) I'm very excited for this. I've always wanted to try the Travis Scott burger, but listeners, you might know it, especially if you're like the three friends that actually listen to this podcast. Adam and I are both vegetarian. I've been vegetarian for quite a while, so I have not had a proper cheeseburger or or entertained the idea of having a proper cheeseburger in a long time. So when I say the word spiked seltzer, does that mean something to you? Yeah, it does. It's like um, White Claw. It's... um, what, like do, you want, that, right? do you want to define that a little bit more? What what is a white claw? What what yeah, yeah, what does yeah. that mean? Hang on, I'll, I'll I'll define it. And I'm moving to New York in a couple of months, so I'm gonna properly understand what this is. So a hard seltzer is like um so a seltzer is like a tonic water, right? It's some sort of like carbonated kind of um like bitter sweet um you know beverage, and then um it's it's added alcohol it's around like five percent um it's yeah. usually flavored it's something of that nature right it's, it's in a can it's about a pint kind of like it's, it's yeah, like yeah. reading the wikipedia article i you mean are, what what can i say you're bang on the mark yeah on the mark, even yeah. with the five percent and stuff because that's exactly what wikipedia exactly. says as well um i'm a north american what can you say so yeah so there's sort of three constituent ingredients carbonated water some kind of sort of neutral alcohol normally just alcohol right like <laughs> alcohol and then some kind of normally fruit flavored spirit like uh, a fruit, black fruit, cherry a watermelon yeah a mango, whatever a right like a, just like a flavoring essentially um so, luckily for us, Travis Scott, no. Travi Claus, as I might refer no, to him. No, I don't think you should. Have you, are you not familiar with Travi Claus? No. From, from uh, I wish I had a billion dollars. My, my, mine is the Travi Claus, mine is the ho-ho. Yeah. That's one of, that's one of my favourite lines in any kind of, um, like, rap line ever. Okay, good stuff. Let's I, move I on. think it's so trashy. <laughs> Let's move on. He's like, I'm going to make all of your, like, wish come true. Just write it down and send, like, a letter to me. Anyways. Like, he's actually Santa Claus. Um, he's come up with um, a brand of spiked seltzer. It's called Cacti um, Agave Spiked Seltzer. I'm not going to lie. If it's available, like, in New York, I'm going to try some of that later. comes in three flavours. I'm going to try that. What, what flavour? Uh, pineapple. I will try that. Strawberry. I will try that. And lime. I will try that. It's Not strawberry and lime together. No, no, no. Strawberry and I'm lime. I'm completely fine with that. I will definitely drink that. This is one of my favourite things, though, okay? Because the, the press... I, I actually found the press release for this, because this has only come out this year. This came out about two months ago. Okay, so this is this is fairly hot off the press, right? Um, I I love the, the so the company that's making it referred to Travis Scott as a creative force. Yes, sure. So this is what he this is what he said. Travis Scott was quoted as saying, "This has been something I had a strong vision for, oh, and have wanted to do for a You're while." You're mocking him, but I'm completely bought it. I'm completely sold. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> It's a carbonated water That's, and pineapple juice with a bit of like, so it's the alcohol is actually from blue agave from Mexico, 
so I didn't actually know Blue Agave was a thing, right? But there you go. Um, so that's, that's how they distill it from Blue Agave. Um, but I, I just loved that quote that they got from him. Like, that was so serious. There's an, there's an advert launching it, um, and it's got Eric Andre in. I'm, I love it. I'm, I love I, I'm, you I, love Eric Andre. I love Eric Andre. Yeah. I think Eric Andre is a chaotic force. I think me and Eric Andre are soul spirits. And I think that if Eric Andre is listening to this, he should reach out to us because we would love him on this show. When you go to New York, when you come visit me, right, we'll we'll try some of this. And we'll, we'll, we'll have a special podcast episode where we will do a taste test of Travis Scott's hard seltzers. <laughs> I'm not joking. This will be a reality. You're, you're very, you, I didn't think you liked, like, Premixes, but for Travis but for Scott, Travis, I will. For Travis Scott, I'll commit. I'll okay. commit to the bit. Okay, so this this concludes my talk. Unless you have any questions, I do have a couple of honourable mentions. If you're interested, please go. So my first honourable mention, the reason it didn't feature, is because I think there's like a problematic element to this celebrity now. Okay, we'll keep it short. Marilyn Manson's Mansonth. Oh, God, it's absinthe, right? It's absinthe, All yeah. right, keep it short. I, I thought that was quite interesting because, obviously, I, I'm not sure whether or not we consider absinthe mainstream. I don't think it's mainstream enough for celebrities to have a brand on it, right? I think, you know, when, when you think of absinthe, what do you think of? What's Vincent the... Van Gogh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, this is probably my favourite one, and we're sort of continuing this vein of problematic celebrities. I want to talk about the notorious Mexican-hating, Trump-supporting country singer Toby Keith. Yeah, we'll keep it short. <laughs> what did he come up with? famously has a Mexican te- tequila, nope. Mezcal. All right, let's move on. Called, <laughs> called Wild Shot Mezcal. Nope, move on. Do you have another one? <laughs> I do, I do. And this one's not so problematic. Okay. Well, I mean, un- unless you really do despise cheating. Um, and it's called... Uh, well, I actually don't know if I can pronounce this correctly. God, who's the guy? Do you who's say? The person? Do you, oh, no, uh, the Jay Z. Okay. Oh uh, boy. All right. Do you say cognac? It's cognac. Yeah. It's cognac, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, which is actually distilled, or it was designed by, designed. I guess. I just guess you designed the cognac. Commissioned. Uh, by by a very well established like cognac like. I don't think they're called a sommelier either. I think they're I called think like a. Is. They're called like a wine master or something. I don't know. Um, I thought that was an honourable mention because I think, again, cognac's one of those things which you wouldn't naturally necessarily associate with a celebrity. Although that said, Jay-Z does have his finger in a lot of alcohol parties. He does. He comes up with some pretty cool stuff, some pretty bougie stuff. Yeah. Um, and I do I do respect Jay-Z for that, um, regardless of what you think about his intermarital um, anyway. situations. Anyway. So those are my honourable mentions. You know, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Beyonce, Lemonade, Lemonade, Limoncello. Done. All right. So... And with that, listeners, we're going to come to a close. Um, I really liked your um, pl- plagiarized, um, heavily Justin McElroy inspired um, kind of topic. But I like how you gave it your own spin. And I was actually really happy to learn about um, Danny DeVito. Uh, what's his name? Steven Sonnenberg? Soderberg. Soderberg. Oops. Um, and Travis Scott's uh, many delicious alcohols. And I am excited to try some of them um, when we can get a hold of them. Okay, I'm going to award you a PhD in mixology and alcohol studies from um, Keel University. Whoa. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Sean. Okay, well, let's bleep that, maybe. Um, and uh, I, I think that was a really fun experience. And it was really fun to try limoncello for the first time. 
I have to admit, like, I think Limoncello is from Venice, or it's from, like, that area, so when I was from in Venice... From the Amalfi Coast. Yeah, it's from the Amalfi Coast. That's all I know. <laughs> that's all we know. I mean, that's all I know. That's all we know. Um, I saw a bunch of Limoncello when I was in Italy. I never got to try it, so it was nice to try it in good old-fashioned Hampshire, um, UK. I can and add, I really I enjoy your talk. One more fact, if you like. Go for it. Limoncello is actually the second most popular aperitif in um, Italy. What's the number one? Campari. Yeah, for Negroni, right? Mm. Campari is delicious. All right. So with that, listeners, uh, we will be ending uh, this episode. Adam, do you have a topic for me before I close off? Yes, I do. Go for it. So you really sort of shoehorned me on this episode. Okay, I did. I, I enjoyed it. Bear in mind, I was drunk when I came up with the topic, right? Because we're going alphabetically. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm drunk. Well, I'm, I'm drunk when I've come up with all of my topics. Don't doesn't give you any justification. Um, I'm going to give you Mastercard, one Very word. Nice. So Mastercard is one word. So joined. All right. Okay, so with that, listeners, we are going to conclude this episode. If you enjoyed this, please check us out on our Facebook page, Live in La Viva Voce, or our Twitter page at Live in uh, Viva, L-I-V-I-N-V-I-V-A. Uh, consider subscribing if you really enjoy, um, and just tune in every uh, Friday, anywhere between um, 12 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time or uh, 5 p.m. British uh, Summer Time, right? So uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, my name is uh, Meg. My name is Adam. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week. You've been listening to Live in La Viva Voce. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.